What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of the Dreams to Reality podcast and as you can already see we are not in the studio at my office, we are out and about at a BBC Gloucestershire studios. With that said we've got a very very special guest on the Dreams to Reality podcast, we've got Steve Nibbs. How are you doing my friend? Really good Cam, thanks. Welcome to where I live and work and spend most of my life at the moment. <laughs> you, you say that, it's funny actually because I put out on Twitter today but I was interviewing you and you said it's it's going to be weird because this is the first time you're not interviewing people. Somebody's actually interviewing yeah. you. Has well, that ever happened before? It's, yeah, it's, I've done a few things like this. Not with we've done. I've done a couple of radio podcasts before and you get interviewed. Sometimes we give talks to groups and whatever. But it is unusual for people to ask me questions because usually I'm holding people to account or as I've done with you asking them questions. Yeah. So it's a little bit weird to be on the other side of it. But yeah, looking forward to it. Amazing. So with that said, I do this with kind of every guest I have on the podcast. Start from the beginning. Where are you from? Obviously, we're in Gloucester now. Are you from Gloucester? Um, and how did you get into working for the BBC and so on and so forth, essentially? Well, I'm a Gloucester boy born and bred. Okay. Uh, I'm from Tuffley originally. You're a Treadworth boy. Yeah, not so too we, far away. Not too far away. Um, and I'm a child of the early 70s. I won't tell you my age too much but shot of the early 50s, 50s. oh no <laughs> harsh let's stop it now uh, not quite not far off um so when i was i don't really know where my love of radio came from my um my granddad my on my dad's side uh he was a steam train driver but he he loved um, presenting concerts and putting on shows and he was a bit of a performer my granny on my mum's side played the piano and okay. you know there was maybe there was a bit of performer there and i've always loved that but from a very young age probably seven or eight I've always been really interested and fascinated by radio I was brought up listening to Radio 1 and uh, you know one of my earliest memories is, is sitting in the bath on a school night on a Sunday listening to the chart show okay. and I used to you know much before your time came when we used to have cassette players you'd you know you'd stop the record yeah. you'd stop the, the the tape so you could just record the records and play them back oh, you know wow. all that okay. sort of thing the early mixtapes um <laughs> <laughs> and then me and my mates uh, used to, I've got a, re- a good friend at the time, Rich Ford, who's still about in Gloucester. Um, we used to do radio shows in my bedroom, again, recording them on cassette tapes. And those cassette tapes still exist somewhere. And I just become pretty obsessed with radio. And you'll remember Seven Sound yep. in Gloucester, the independent. about anymore? No, but it's called Heart now. Okay. So Seven oh, cool, Sound became yeah, so Heart. Heard, okay. um, but when that started up, that was the first local radio station in Gloucester. And um uh, and again, I became pretty obsessed with that as a as a school child, and um, po- would pop wow. in occasionally and stuff. And then they started building this place. So we're in um, the BBC Gloucestershire building, as you said. They started building this in the late eighties, when I was still at school. And I ra- just before they came on air, I rang them up and said, Look, "I'm really interested in radio. Can I come in and oh, have a look wow. around one day?" So how old was you then? So this would have been, I would have probably been about 16. I think this was sort of 88. Wow, so to even think about it, because obviously I do a huge amount of work in schools, as we both know. Um, so f- to be a 15, 16-year-old, to have the courage to make the call, or even before that, to go into Seven Sound, um, shows a lot about your hunger and mm. really what you wanted to do from such a young age, I guess. I was really nervous. I remember ringing up here and speaking to somebody and being really nervous. My my parents had to push me to do it. Really? Yeah, I didn't, wow. I, I was never really that confident, really, but they pushed me to do it. And, uh, and I'm glad I did because throughout my school life, when I, I always wanted to be a radio DJ and I, I remember 
when we in the first year at school we all had to write down what we wanted to do and you know people were, were writing politician um engineer and i you know i wrote radio dj and a lot mm. of my friends took the mickey out of me in, in a nice way so oh, radio dj you know you want to be on radio one uh and I, we we joke now i'm the only one that actually did, did what, what we yeah. wrote in that time they, they've all done other things and they're doing really well but that was the one then i stuck with it and i think in those days it was you know if you wanted to do something that was a bit different it may be the same now um you know we're not in the it wasn't in the of x course. factor era or the voice yeah, era course. you know where you know everybody wants to be famous and it wasn't about being famous it was about just entertaining people and i think in those days the opportunities were, were, were few and far between and i didn't really get as much encouragement from my teachers as i would have liked mm. um i would have liked a bit more because i really believed in it and when but, the teacher says yeah. you know you, you, well that, that's a nice aspiration but how about this you know but i guess correct me if i'm wrong i guess back then i wouldn't like to say it was more competitive but you had less ways to kind of express yourself like today mm. Oh, I'm not. Did, on, I'm not on radio. Yeah. So what did I do? I created my own podcast. I'd say if I had this kit when I was your age yeah. or younger, I would have been in absolute heaven. You know, we were recording in my bedroom radio shows, just playing <laughs> it through a speaker and recording it on a cassette deck. And now, you know, the 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 kit for pro- professional broadcasts is in the hands of everybody, and that's a great thing. I mean, the podcast that you're doing, the radio podcast, the audio mm. podcasts as well, are fantastic, and it is a very different landscape. To, to where I was now, to where I was back then. And you're right, actually. Yeah, the opportunities were few and far between. I think if podcasts had existed mm. then, I would have gone off and done my own. Own thing, yeah. So a lot of this industry, and, and a, many people will tell you this in broadcasting, is a lot of it is being in the right place at the right time, getting a, having a lucky break, and actually somebody just saying, yeah, okay, no, we'll give you a go. And um, and that's that's something that stuck with, so with me. you called up. Yep. What did they say? Um, this was a long time ago, but they said, come on in and, and yep. have a look around. And I came in for a day. I think I'm, I might have popped in after school or something. Okay. Um, before they into went to this building, into this building. Yeah. Wow, and okay. the, um, uh, the, the, the presenter on the presenter at the time was a guy called Nick Herbert and he did the weekend mid morning shows. And or was it just the Sunday one? I think it might be just the Sunday one or my, no, no, it was Saturday and Sunday mornings he did. And I met him and just had a look around, you know, and, and it, they welcomed me in. This was two weeks before the station went on air. Okay. And then um, a couple of days later, he rang me up at home and said, um, you're not free on Sunday, are you? And I said, yeah. He said, would you come in? We're doing some dummy, dummy runs. And we want someone to just to sit across the phones for oh, us. Oh, amazing. So I went, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Of course. And, um, so, and it was in this studio, actually. We're in Studio One now. It was called Cubicle B there. And I was sat just out there where okay. the phoning was. We'll, we'll um, put that on the vlog, guys, so you can, uh, you can, you can see, see behind the scenes. Behind the bit. scenes. And... Um, and that went really well. And they said, well, do you want to come back next week? And just from then, so I, I got a volunteer. I was oh, volunteering. Amazing. And yeah. I was like the pig in the proverbial, you can imagine. And um, they just gave me a chance. And so every Sunday morning for many months, I was coming in and answering the phones for, for, for Nick. And then I was teaching myself how to do everything, how to, to use the studios, how to operate the tape machines, how to interview people. In those days, it was all editing with razor blades and sticky tape and you stick the tape yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Um, Still do that now sometimes. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so, it, you know, I was, I was getting very useful. In the end, I was being asked to then help what we call driving some programs, so getting in the studios and driving live shows on air. 
and it just went from there. Then when I went away to university, I would come back. And Where did some, you go? So I went to Sheffield. Okay. Yeah, so I'd quite... never been north of Birmingham in my okay, entire life. Wow. So that was a great experience. So did you do any radio stuff there? What yeah. Did you study? So I, I did a degree. A degree in uh, it came out. It was a cultural studies degree, but as part of that, it was communications, English, and oh, media. Okay, I got you. And um, uh, funny enough, we had a radio module and a TV module on it, and the people who were teaching me the radio module, module were volunteers from Radio Sheffield. And I knew more about them, wow. more about radio than they did at the time. Mm. And then we actually got on really well. Um, so we didn't really learn, I personally didn't learn much about radio, but it was a great experience because we got I bet you gave to quite a bit though as yeah, well. Yeah, we did. It was, I, I really look forward to it. And uh, I don't say that in an egotistical way. It was just a great opportunity to meet other people that of were course. in a similar position to me. Um, but I would always come home in the summer holidays and, um, and come here and work, and, and they kept their doors open. For yeah, you. and in those, and you know, eventually they paid me. You know, so I was volunteering before I went to university. Then they were paying me. I got paid. I think my first paycheck was five pounds a day. Mm. And actually, you know, funnily enough, I regret cashing it because I wish I. It was one of the a big BBC check. I wish I kept it now. So um, I got my first check, my speaking check on on a. Uh, on my table in my office, Have you? but I still cashed. I needed the, <laughs> I needed the money at the time. But I, put, I photocopied it and yeah. um, put it on then. Yeah, that but it means a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, that because it it, you know you're getting somebody's paid paying you to do your like something you really want to do. Somebody's just paid you yeah. to do it. Yeah. And just uh, the second one came months after, <laughs> but it's just having that first one. It, it's like a stepping stone, isn't it? Like actually, maybe I can mm. really make a living from doing what I'm doing. I think you always get a sense as well that you know one day we're all going to get found out, and you know that mm. we're still getting paid to do this. But actually, you're dead right. We're getting paid to do it because we can do the job, mm. and and if you're passionate about something and you show that you enjoy it, and you're still driven That's after true. all. The, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm still driven to do it. And the day you stop feeling driven. The day you you don't want to come in and do it, it's, it's the day you should stop and have a word with yourself. Really, it's interesting. You just said you kind of feel like you're going to get found out, and there's been many times me and Gadget Lines been driving around, especially <laughs> in our earlier days when we're struggling more financially, and we're thinking, God, what are we doing? We could just go and get a job. But I think this is our job. Yeah, how amazing is this? Where yeah. have we played the system? Now we're driving around doing exactly what we want to do. Obviously, it's not easy because you've got to stress and you, there's no consistency sometimes to the money you get and but it, it's worth it because i think wow i'm actually doing what i want to do and it goes a lot deeper than money it mm. goes back to the, the passion you had when you were six seven eight years old and you wanted to be a radio presenter of tv whatever you wanted to do and you kept that basically that dream throughout your whole childhood mm. and you actually made it happen and i think that's the difference isn't it and i feel really lucky to have got the opportunity to then become a radio presenter and then go into TV. I mean, we can come on to this. This isn't some, doing TV isn't what I thought I'd do. I, I didn't really have any interest in it, but I, I feel genuinely grateful that I've been given the opportunity because there are lots of people that want to be doing what I'm doing, what my colleagues are doing, a lot of people that want to work in the media. And, you know, I think we're fortunate to have that opportunity and we've got to, we've got to show it some respect, I think, that we, that we hold on to that and we, we, we don't... We don't play the game yeah. and we do it properly, you know. So I've got many questions, but I don't want to forget this one. Um, just quickly to any young people out there, if they want to get into any type of media, not BBC in general, just places, or even get into a company or 
does that make sense they got yeah. a dream and they want to start getting yeah. experience whether they get paid for it or not doesn't matter they want to start getting experience what would you say because at the age of 15 16 you picked up the phone how many people are w- really willing to pick mm. up the phone now send an email send a handwritten letter what advice would you potentially give to younger people trying to make their dream essentially happen i think it's very easy for us to spot we get approached a fair bit by people who drop us emails or we get tweeted or of course. Const- uh, you know contacted it's really in- it's really easy to spot the ones that are just fishing that don't really have a passion for what they're asking to Mm, do okay and i think if you've got an aspiration to do something like i did and like you did um is to if you've got a hundred percent belief and that's really what you want to do research your subject find the right contacts talk to people with passion don't just send a a a standard letter to everybody um you know just keep knocking on the door get a little bit annoying if 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 you like but if you're genuinely passionate about something (laughs) you know keep knocking on the door because one day somebody will open it and what i always say to people is it, it once you once you show that passion and you show that understanding for the subject and you have knowledge of it i mean i've had people write to me saying um i'd love to work at itv points west now obviously we work for BBC Points West. ITV is a different program, and it's just that little thing just a little makes me think. Right, you haven't done your work. You don't really know what you're talking about. Um, well, that's, that's fascinating, actually. You know, it's the, it's the little thing. So if because they probably sent the same email yeah, yeah. to BBC West Country or something, mm. you know. So and so for me, and I, I always try to give back and help people. We used to, in, you know, in the old days. Uh, old days. I must stop saying. That. But, <laughs> no, it uh, is previously true. on the day on, on work experience, we could take. Um, you know, um, many, many people. Now we're more selective. Um, uh, and I think it's really important that the ones we take actually have a passion for the job. That's true. Because if you don't, then, you know, you're wa- we're wasting our time and we're wasting their and somebody time. somebody else is missing out on that opportunity. Yeah. Somebody else who really wants to do it yeah. is missing out on that opportunity. And I will always talk to some. you know, I will always give my advice to anybody because somebody gave me, gave me an opportunity one day. So anybody that wants to work in this business, I'm more than happy to talk to them as long as they're serious about it. And then, you know, mm. it might put them off. It might give them a reality check or it, it might just give them a, you know, a step on the ladder yeah, or some more drive to do it. I would even say you gave me advice, really. And it goes a lot deeper. It, it was at where we first met was at Cheltenham Racecourse, um, not gambling. <laughs> we <laughs> was actually, uh, Steve was presenting as, as, as well as I was. I was doing like a 10, 15 minute kind of talk. And we sat next to each other. And it's funny that because I didn't really know who you was. I've heard your name before. And I remember I walked in the building with Gadget Line. We're like, where's that BBC guy? Where is he? <laughs> you and we're like, we like, yeah. oh, he sat there. So I, like, I remember like bumped this person out of the way. I'm like, oh, I'm sat here. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I guess we're sat next to each other today on the other speaker. And then you had to sit there for, with me for an hour eating food. And I thought, this is my chance. I'd be like, oh, yeah. So then obviously, I don't know if you can remember too much. I but do. I just started asking asking as many questions as I possibly can. And what actually was interesting is when you first think of somebody who works at a BBC or got a job on TV, you think they're going to be stuck up somewhere. You think they're going to have a big ego. But for how many questions I asked you, you asked me exactly the same. And it wasn't like you can tell when somebody's not interested. You was actually interested. Mm -hmm. And you was actually really asking great questions and making me think. And I would never forget that for the kind of how you made me feel in that moment. And then eventually later, obviously, I probably bugged you enough out. I'd done stuff for the radio event, done stuff in Bristol and done stuff with you. And it was probably just because you seen that I was hungry. You seen that I was consistent. And it wasn't just 
somebody who just wants to be a motivational speaker or life coach is somebody who's actually doing it on a daily mm -hmm. basis I guess but I will never forget that characteristic you showed on that day and that's why I feel like we got quite a good relationship now or we or we just moving forward I think well I'm naturally curious so whenever I go to things like that and you know you meet you meet new people I do love meeting new people and it's one of the great things in this job that every day is something different and so that natural curiosity is obviously a good thing to be a journalist. And I remember meeting you on that time. I, I'd never met you before, didn't know what you did. And then you stood up and spoke. And um, yeah, I was blown away, blown away by what you did. And that mm, then led you. us, led me on to, right, I want to do a story with you yeah. now. Because Especially you, in, from Treadworth and doing yeah. what we spoke about So the whole backstory. Before. And it took us a while to get there because you were busy, I was busy. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it worked really well in the end. And, it's, and, I, and I think people, most people have got a good story to tell. You know whether they think they've got got it or not. I mean, yours mm. was pretty exceptional, you know, and uh, you know, more power to you for what you're doing. And I think you're doing a great job. So that day, it was it was a no-brainer because you were yeah. confident enough to come down and and you weren't shy and you were. You know, you were sat on that table probably wearing what you're wearing now. I am, yeah, we basically. Were, we were all in suits. Yeah, that was no, it, wasn't we it? Were all in suits. We walked, <laughs> me, me and Dave, we walked, we walked in. <laughs> and I was wearing not tracksuit bottoms, but I was wearing like camo bottoms with trainers. <laughs> and uh, we walked in and we was like, oh, shit. Um, I think I didn't read the memo to the email. I don't think I was wearing a tuxedo, <laughs> no, but it was But it was off, a yeah. smart event at Cheltenham Race Course. And we thought, <laughs> oh, we're just going to... We're going to stand out more, if anything. And, um, yeah, it was just... It was a great occasion. But then, let's go back, because there's so much I want to cover. You've done your volunteering. You started to get paid for the BBC. When did you first have your own radio show, and how long did you do it for? So, I... Okay, so, this is after I graduated, and I came back and started working here in late 92. When were you born? <laughs> 91, just saying. Okay, at least, at least, at least you were alive. <laughs> She's not tune in. Uh, so I came back in late 92 and I was working for the mid-morning show. And then the afternoon show job came up. Um, uh, Anna King, who was the presenter, who now does the mid-morning show here, she was going on away on a bit of attach an attachment. I thought I'd put my hat in the ring. You know, I was 23 at the time, mm. 22, 23. Wow. So I put my hat in the ring and I got the job. <laughs> So oh, I got wow. my first, funny enough, presented in this studio. So this was where it started for me. And I did dusty, that. A bit dusty. Yeah. But well, this is all, yeah. see, this is all digital stuff now. In those days, it was big faders. And, yeah. you know, we were playing on, we That's were playing vinyl. Though. And, you know, we were using CDs and now it's all digital. Um, That's incredible. So, uh, and I was really lucky. Um, and but I did that for it, about it a year. It was lucky, but <sighs> I always say the harder you work, the luckier you become. And you made that phone call. You yeah, had yeah, the yeah, heart. Yeah. You done what you did in Sheffield, and you kept coming back. Something kept bringing you back. So even though you might have been lucky because somebody went on leave, and it all might have fallen for you, you still put yourself in that position. You still worked hard. How many people in your day and age probably wanted to go on radio, but it was mm. just a nice idea, but you actually made it happen. I don't want to float your own boat, but what I'm trying to distinguish is there's people who, it's that cliche Michael Jordan quote, some want it to happen, some wish it happened, some make it happen, mm. and you made it happen. I think you're right, but also I do, like from what I was saying earlier, I think there is that element in our business as well about being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I did make it happen because I was annoying and I was around all the time and people knew who <laughs> I was. Um, but... You know, I was never cocky, and that's the difference. There's a fine line between being, you know, um, you know, happily irritating uh, and being annoying and being cocky and being too cocky. So, but you would talk to a lot of people in the business, even 
um, famous people like Zoe Ball and Sarah Cox on Radio 2 and all these, they will say that they had a very similar path, I think, because they got their breaks in local radio, maybe, or they were in the right place at the right time, or somebody fell sick and you happened to be in the, in the, in the building at the same time. That does happen a lot, but you're right, you do have to be in there, you have to be in that building, you have to be uh, there at the first time. Let's talk quickly about what you just said, there's a fine line between cocky, I guess confident. I don't know whether you would agree, but I think cockiness, in many ways... Not always. It comes from insecurity. So Hmm. from what I do, I guess people think it's very egotistical. I go and talk about myself, but I don't see it as that way. I see I'm the vehicle to help people. That's the way I see it. Um, But there was a time when I think I was cocky. And when I was cocky, that was when I was the most insecure I've ever been. That's why I'm doing this podcast now because before I pretend I wasn't fascinated by anyone. I was the man. I wanted to rip off everybody's head in the industry. (laughs) No competition. But it was only because I was insecure, I think. So would you say in your industry, TV, radio, whatever, do you think majority of people who make it to where you got to, it's not like cockiness, it's more being competent and it's just that confident confidence knowing that you can do what you can yeah i think confidence is the big thing and believing in yourself and you're right i mean in in this industry it's no surprise that there are lots of egos about as well Mm. i don't think i have one i'm not that sort of person um (coughs) steady (laughs) should we finish this now um i don't i genuinely don't and if i do get caught having an ego then it's a bad day for me i don't i'm not that sort of person there are people that do and that comes across as cockiness and 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 confidence at the same time which is a bit of a difficult thing to define um but i think if you're if you're sure of yourself and particularly in this business you know mm. you've got to you've got to like the sound of your voice if you're on the radio you've got to be comfortable um being on tv as well uh, and how you look and all that sort of thing so yeah, i think true. so i think you've got to be confident as a rounded individual not just who you are and how you speak and how you are but how you look as well and and not really care what other people think you need a bit of a thick skin as well because you are exposed to the public especially through social media now um yes yeah, true so i've gone a bit off the point but um no, cockiness all. is is difficult to define you're right i think um it's about knowing your place, really. Perhaps that's a better way of describing it. Yeah. So, you know, if you're coming in as somebody who wants to work in the industry or in anything and you try and be a bit bullshit and a bit know-it-all, yeah. it's about knowing your level, really, so that you can, so that you earn respect. Is, is that what yeah. it's about? It's earning but, respect. It's, it's having the confidence to be a really nice person and and earn other people's respect. Yeah, and I think those lessons there, guys, just to go off point a little bit, it doesn't matter whether you're working for BBC, radio, TV. All those lessons you're sharing apply for life. Mm. In a company, being an apprentice, whatever it is, it applies for absolutely everything. Um, quick question, because I don't want to miss it again. Um, radio, TV. What when you wake up and you have a bad day? What happens? You've you wake a- up, you have a bad day. You <laughs> can't know. be bothered. Yeah. I even get it. I don't want to talk to anyone, but it's your job. Well, I I know it. We, we, I was only talking about this to a colleague last night. Actually, that if you wake up and you've had a bad day, or you've you've woken up, and you've kicked the cat by mistake, or you've had an <laughs> argument with somebody in the office, as soon as you open that fader, so look, as soon as that red light goes on, you got to be the same person you were yesterday, and the same person that you will be tomorrow. Because there are listeners out there and and viewers who are relying on you to be that constant, wow. to be that same person. Um, and actually, I you know, if I'd had a bad day, I used to find the radio show would would be actually a great great relief and a bit of a That's release. True. Um, 
So, but it doesn't make it easy because you've got to pick yourself up. And sometimes if you're feeling a bit down or you're, you're anxious about something or something's going on in your personal life, that sometimes is difficult to be, to distract yourself from. But yeah, as soon as that red light goes on, you've still got to be Steve Nibbs or Cam Parker or mm. Joe Wiley or whoever, you yeah. know, uh, the same as you were yesterday. Okay, cool. So how long was you doing radio for and when did you start to go over to TV and how did that transition happen? Yeah. Because I don't know if you said it on this podcast or was it before, um, you said uh, TV wasn't really a goal for you. It wasn't something you was willing to do. Yeah, so I um, so I did the afternoon show for a bit and then I, was, I came off air, new manager came in, thought I was a bit too young because we were broadcasting to older people sort of 55 plus and he was right. Uh, so I came off for a year, did some production, went back in, came back on, I did a drive time show yeah. um, for about 18 months, which involved a little bit of news, um, which was new to me as well. And then about, it would have been, I think, 97-ish, the boss here said to me, you need to get some more news experience. And I said, look, I've got no interest in news. Radio is my thing. And that's what I want to stick with. And I didn't really have a career plan. I'd, I'd applied for jobs at Five Live and, and Radio One, off-air jobs, actually, production jobs, which I hadn't got. Um, so I came back and he said, look, you need to get some news experience. If you don't get some news experience, you'll be left behind because that was the way that the BBC, particularly at local level, was going. Do you agree with that statement now? Yeah, absolutely, because it changed my career. Wow. So he said... And I, I, at that point, I was I was just I was the weekend producer, so I was in charge of all the weekend output here. So I just had like a two-hour show on a mm. Sunday morning. So I was keeping my hand in presenting, but I was I was still had some other stuff to do. So I went to um, Wiltshire Sound, as it was then in Swindon, uh, on an attachment as a newsreader. Okay. So I became their breakfast newsreader because I was good at reading out loud. Um, did all the news courses. And I got completely bitten by the news bug. And fell in love with it, um, especially if there was a breaking story. It just the adrenaline would start running and pumping. And then um, a couple of years later, we were all given some TV trainings because it was all about multi-skilling. And I suddenly fell in love with the TV bug. And I thought, this is great as well. Uh, and I got an attachment. This is a very long story short. got an attachment down to Bristol to work at Points West and worked for them for about six or eight months in the newsroom. Then I got an attachment as a reporter for them. And then I became the Wiltshire reporter for six years because I went back to Swindon. And then for the last 13 and a bit years, I've been the Gloucestershire reporter. So I came back wow. home and um, back to the building. So I'm based here. A lot of people think I'm based in Bristol, but I work out of here with my um, amazing cameraman, Mark Leach. Uh, we've Is that worked... the same one we met? Yeah. 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 So Top we've worked guy. together for all the time and he's brilliant. We work as a really good team now. So we're based hey, here. So Dave. Yeah, absolutely. You got a you got a Dave on the cameras there. Well, we'll see what it looks like later. Uh, <laughs> but it's he's so good at making me look tall. Anyway, that's the main thing. Fantastic. Well, you need a good cameraman to make you look good. So, uh, so that's we, a really got long a story. Of when we done the, the BBC Points West, right? And <laughs> you're your interviewing me. I'm stood there, uh, and yeah, and your your legs are spread so wide to TV make me trick. look to make me look uh, basically to make us look at the same height. Which is <laughs> when you look back on the pictures, it's her hilarious it's the tv trick it's the tv trick <laughs> i mean when you first heard, i was like what's he doing BBC, you're giving eh? all my secrets away now cam that bit. um okay perfect so i feel like we we got through your story because i want the whole point of this is not just your story but around mindset motivation a little bit and we touched on it another question right how do you stay consistent for as long as you have how long have you been working for bbc for 
Uh, I've been staff for 25 years. Because <clears> it comes a lot deeper, and obviously you've already proven that than just collecting a paycheck, right? So mm. there is a massive element of consistency you have to show, especially when you're going out to the public, especially when you are talking to people, you're on TV. You have to be consistent. Similar to what we just said a minute ago, um, you have to show up every day regardless of how you feel. Mm. Is that hard keeping that level of consistency or is it easy when you love something or, or what? You just nailed it. I think that's it. For me, I still absolutely love this job. And, you know, I'm born and bred in Gloucestershire. I work as the Gloucestershire reporter. Every day is different. Um, I love living here. I love working here. I've got great colleagues. And um, the day I stop feeling like that is the day I'll do another job. But at the moment, I still love it. And I think that gives you motivation. If you still mm -hmm. want to come to work every day, and okay, what my you know my job is slightly different. Um, there's not many people doing what I do really across the country, um, so I'm very fortunate for that. Um, but if I didn't want to wake, if I didn't want to come in after waking up every day, I wouldn't do it. I've always said to myself, you know, in my spare time, I I used to play in bands and and other stuff. And one of the bands I was in, we always said to each other, the day we stop wanting to go and do the gig is the day we split up. Mm -hmm. And that happened and we split up. And mm -hmm. it wasn't acrimonious. It was because we just stopped enjoying it. And that's life. You move on. Um, I think if you don't enjoy something, um, it can grind you down. And you should, my advice would always be, you know, try and find something else to keep you happy. Life's too short to, that's not always easy. It's not always that. easy. That's not always not. easy. And a lot of us, you know, we've all gone through dips with our job. You know, I have. But you have to, you know, like I say, I'm lucky that, I've, that I still love the job and I'm still given the opportunity to do it. But everyone would find so many excuses not to change their job. Or mm. I've got kids, I've got a mortgage. Yeah. And even though all of this stuff is completely is, is true, mm. it, as you said, you've still got one life. So... Um, when it annoys me is when I ask, have you gone out and applied for different jobs? And the answer is no. So how do you know? You, you could well, you make your own luck, don't you? Yeah, of course. You know, if you, you know, stuff isn't going to come to you. I learned that very early on. You know, stuff isn't going to come to you as easily as you think it is. No. And um, Things take a lot longer than they normally do as well. They do. And also, I think I, I was the same. I and mean, when I speak to um, some of the younger people that work here in, in their 20s, and um, you don't want to sound like their dad or anything, but I can see <laughs> I can see myself in them. And, you know, in my early 20s, I wanted a massive career and I wanted to go straight to the top of the ladder straight away. And then I learned very quickly that that doesn't happen. OK, I got the presenting job here, but um, and that came quite quickly. But there was other stuff I wanted to have to, to achieve. And I, I think, you know, if you're 23, 24, you've got your life ahead of you. And there is plenty of time for opportunity. So don't rush in and don't get disappointed if you haven't quite achieved at the age of 23 what you want your life to be. Because hopefully you're going to live a very long and a happy life. There's plenty of time. Take your foot off the gas a bit. T tell me if I'm wrong, but right now when I look at you, I see that you seem genuinely happy and really enjoy your job. Um, but then it seemed like you also had bigger dreams when you were younger. Yeah. Um, you're here now. Did you ever want to go on the bigger platforms? If so, what point did you say, actually, I'm really happy now. I don't, that's not what I want anymore. So let's be honest, goalposts change. Yeah, they do. Goals and dreams change. And there's nothing wrong with that as long, in my opinion, as long as you're happy. So did that happen to you? And what happens when you get a young 20-year-old come in and like, I want to go and do this, I want to go and do that? Do you say it's possible, it's not possible? Or what's your advice? Um... So to answer both those questions, so 
yeah, I always wanted to work in radio and that was my passion. I had no interest in news and TV and look at what I'm doing now. Yeah. I applied, like I said earlier, I applied for those jobs at Radio 1 and at 5 Live. I really wanted to go to London. I wanted to do the London thing. You know, I think if you're in the media and you're young and you haven't got too many ties to go to London or Salford, where the, the big media city is now, there's nothing like it. Salford, you know? where's So Salford's in Manchester. So okay. that's where... Um, BBC Breakfast is based in BBC Sport and Six okay, Music. Well, so yeah. they're all based up there now. So, I've, um, so you know, I think that's the place to be if you're young and, you know, you want to work in the media. And I wanted that. And uh, that wasn't happening for me. And then I got the job in TV and I suddenly realised, actually, it's okay not to go to London. It is okay to stay in Gloucestershire. That's true. Um, even though my dream was to, 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 to do the London thing. So it wasn't that I had to have a word with myself and go you know, London's London's not going to happen now. You're going to be disappointed. I actually went, it's okay not to go to London. It's okay not to get those jobs. And actually, may sound a bit wishy-washy, it was obviously meant to be. Because if mm. I'd gone to London, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. No, it's true. So, again, you know, I think I've been very fortunate. Sometimes your path is, is already dug out for you. So I think, for me, um, those dreams of going to London didn't happen. That's the way it was. But to say to answer your second question, if you've got a young person coming here saying, this is what I want to do, you've just got to go for it because you might get it. And that's, again, what to what we were saying earlier, if you've got that aspiration, if you want to do something really and you're really passionate about it, you've got to give yourself every opportunity. I remember a little story very quickly. I remember doing a talk at a school in the Forest of Dean. It's probably about 10 years ago now. And um, we were talking to some sixth formers. Might be, they might have been a bit younger, actually. And there was a lad there. Um, and if he's watching this, I hope you've achieved this. But apparently, he wanted to be an astronaut. Okay. And to be an astronaut and come from the middle of the Forest of Dean wasn't something that many people no. had wanted to achieve. And he got ribbed for it. And I think he had the mickey taken out of him. And I said to him, if you want to be an astronaut, you go for it. Because that's aspiration. That's ambition. And I really hope he has. I don't know what happened yeah. to him, but it's about that not giving up, whether you want to be an astronaut or you want to work in insurance or you want to be on the radio or whether you want to be a policeman or whatever. You know, if you've got a real desire for something, why should you stop? But even if he didn't become an astronaut, just having a dream is going to guide him in some type of yeah. way. All right, he might not become an astronaut, but he could have become a scientist. Yeah. Or he could have done something different. It might not have been the astronaut, but just having something to go after every day, it could have landed him something else. And I think that's the thing. Is I, I think we're often criticised in society. If, if, if you stand out, if you choose a different path to what your peers mm. are choosing, and you'll know this from the talks that you do to the, to the young people in the My schools incredible as well. talks I do. Yeah, your, your hot talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so often the, 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 there's a there's a pressure on on young people, isn't there, to conform and to be the same and to look the same. And the ones that stand out that want something different, they're often the ones that are, that are given the hardest time because they've chosen a different path. And I think that's a real shame. And I I would always say to them, like I did to this lad, ignore the haters, just go for it. So if you're watching and you became an astronaut, please tell me. <laughs> Which I can't remember his name, but you know what I'm saying. Of course, so that's yeah. The sort of thing. Um, it's hard for me, Steve, to go into schools in different areas around the UK and see that the kids don't have aspirations. Hmm. Like, legitimately, they're not just saying, I don't know what I want to do. You can see there is no hope. I guess you see it from time to time. We see it on TV, radio, everything. 
what advice would you potentially give to somebody like that or my advice potentially if a lot of these times when they feel like there is a glass ceiling over them a lot of them don't actually come out of their own area mm. and it's not to say that area is particularly bad but sometimes we need to expand our minds because then it doesn't really go back to its original dimension in a way so once you see things you meet different people and that happened to me being in Gloucester I was very very close minded but when I started going out meeting different people everything started to change my perspective started to change when as we know some of my friends i was raised with they they didn't have the same they didn't have the same kind of insight what i had and we took completely different paths what would you say would it be something similar mm. or i don't know that's a hard one isn't it i mean where does where does inspiration and aspiration come from it comes from the people that you mix with that's true families sometimes it just comes out of nowhere i think i, I don't know really know where my radio broadcasting thing came from a, um, a bath apparently <laughs> probably just <laughs> in the middle of the night um it, yeah sunday night baths it was but um I, that's a really hard one um i th i think if it, as a young person i knew what i wanted to do and i think i'm really lucky okay i don't think many people no they don't it's not as many people do and it doesn't matter if that changes I mean, by the way it doesn't matter absolutely you will find something and actually you know you as you as you get older that that will that aspiration hopefully that inspiration will come but you can't I don't think you can force it no i think but it does come from people around you and and hopefully if you're at school it's it's your teachers you know it's spotting that isn't it and saying you know let's try and guide you in i don't know what careers advice yeah. is like these days so it's yeah it's a difficult one, even right? at school workplaces it doesn't matter where you are even starting a business being around people who are in mm. similar situations to you or somebody who's in a better position than you being around that person is ultimately hopefully going to inspire you mm. um to do something better so i feel like there's many key takeaways from today's interview and i know we haven't got long because i know the next show's in here but i ask every guest this if you could sit down with three people dead or alive right steve ah, famous okay. whatever what three people would it be and why so three people dead or alive once again i know you've probably only got two because you've you've achieved it now with cameron parker sit yeah, down so you've just done that left. one okay oh this is <laughs> that joke's really, getting old now <laughs> really difficult really difficult okay um okay uh i want to sit down with my uh irish granddad Oh, okay. Who wow. I was really close to. He sadly died six months before we got married. Me and Jane got married back. When did... back so we got married in 2000. Okay. Oh. Uh, he was a big inspiration to me. So I'd just like to sit down with him and just to talk things through. You know, that would be really nice. What do you mean talk things through? Well, so he died when, uh, so 20 years ago, he died when I was 27. And Same um, so, you know, a lot's changed since, since I got married. You know, the job's changed. Um, I've had a daughter. So it'd just be good. I'd like yeah. to see him again. You know, that'd be really that'd be nice. Cool. Um, unless you're asking for famous people. He Whoever. was famous to me. No, he was that, famous no, that's, to me. That's a good, pers so that, a good perspective. That'd be, that'd be for me. Um, although I should also then encounter all of my yeah, relatives. Yeah, you can't just pick okay. So that's, that, that's, a, that's slightly unfair on my other relatives. <laughs> well, so I also yeah, love to have passed great on. Great auntie, auntie. Yeah, I know. So my grand, <laughs> so I do apologise. But anyway, so that would that, be one. Um, there's uh, one of my passions is magic. Okay. So yeah, I was uh, I do magic as well as a hobby, and there was a great magician called John Neville Maskelyne from Cheltenham who changed the course of magic. I won't. I've got time to go into yeah, his story now, but he invented he invented <laughs> levitation. Oh, so wow. I'd like to talk to him. And Is he still alive? No, so? he's dead. He's, okay. he's Victorian. Yeah, no, he's dead. Yep. Otherwise, we'd talk to him. 
And uh, who else would I like to speak to? Oh, God, that's really difficult, Cam, isn't it? Third and final. That's really difficult. Okay, um, it's an obvious one. Probably John Lennon. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'd like to speak to him. Okay, wow. So, guys, just to... Just to wrap this whole interview up, we was kind of rushed. Hopefully, you can maybe come to our studio, and I feel like yeah, there's so much more Sorry. we can we can touch on. But I feel like there's so many key takeaways from today's podcast, especially kind of around creating luck, even just picking up the phone call, going after it. We talked a lot about confidence and just really kind of preparing yourself for what is to come um i think it's been an incredible chat um with that said i know you're quite heavy on twitter where can people find you on twitter so on twitter i am at nibsy so which is nibs k-n-i-b-b-s-e-y i love twitter and uh, twitter's your thing definitely that's my thing yeah um and i'm on facebook there's a steve nibs bbc on facebook i don't tend to use that as much um because i haven't got the twitter linking up to the facebook but yeah Check him out, guys. Become annoying. Um, yeah. Ask me any questions. Yeah, because Knock on I, the door. I even think I was tweeting him and I think, follow <laughs> me. I said, follow me back. Follow me back. <laughs> then I sent you messages before. Um, so I think I've uh, mastered the art of being annoying. But I think that's, In a good way, though. In a good way. Yeah, be annoying in a good way. Don't, don't, be, don't be annoyingly cocky. But only if you want, like, you really want something. Sometimes it's down to us to really make it happen. With that said, thank you again, Steve. I do appreciate your time. Absolutely. I know you're a very, very busy man. Um, make sure you like comment and share this video also listen to the audio form on itunes hit that big red button and subscribe we got so much more podcasts coming your way thanks guys he's the man how was that